Hey everyone, before we get into today's show, I want to announce the winner of the Terrible Towel and the American Football Wash Bag. The winner is Carl, who is on Twitter at Carl1969.2. That's Carl19692. Congratulations to you, my friend. You are the winner. You have one week. You have until next Friday to claim the prize. DM us on the Twitter at Full Ten Yards and we'll get in touch and we'll post that out to you. Listening to the Full Ten Yards podcast with your host Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full Ten Yards podcast. Tim Lambert Monk here with you. Going to be the signal caller here for a special untimed down here. Uh, very special guest on the show today. But before we welcome him on, uh, we also welcome on our Taysom Hill to our Drew Brees. I don't know if that works, but hopefully it does. <laughs> uh, Lee, welcome in. Uh, did you enjoy the playoff final yesterday? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the derby didn't win. But uh, I mean, we should have been there, shouldn't we? So can't enjoy it that much. Uh, I mean, we won't we won't spend too much time on that. Yeah, so, we, not. we need to give maximum, <laughs> maximum exposure to to our guest today. Uh, Miami Dolphins fan and also West Ham United fan, so I think it's safe to say he enjoys being punished. Maybe that's why he's uh, <laughs> maybe he's come on with us. Yeah, exactly for for a little chimwag. But uh, yeah, you may know him from TV, radio, uh, talk sport, or covering the NFL this side of the pond for various channels over the years. Uh, and for the hardcore uh, of those you out there uh, from Americanage, but at the moment he hosts his own fabulous podcast. Uh, which you can plug very shortly. Uh, but in, in, delighted to give a big, big full 10 yards welcome to Mr. Nat Coons. Nat, how the devil are you? Uh, thrilled to be on. And uh, yeah, loving the Americanish love early doors. That shows you are hardcore. <laughs> uh, furthermore, the uh, the West Ham Miami unholy uh, double is just uh, <laughs> something I uh, I uh, will uh, live to regret. You see, when I picked the Dolphins as a kid, I thought that's, that's a pretty decent shot at these guys <laughs> doing something, right? How little, how little did I know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, you, you are very much synonymous with uh, with, with the, the fans over in, the, in this country with the NFL, but say so you uh, have more, m- many more strings to your bow. Uh, obviously, you've done MLB in your time. You've done uh, football. You've even you've even graced the, the players' area at Fr- Green, that oh, I've done Frimley Green three or four times in a row. So, uh, so here's some old school. See how hardcore you are in terms of the carnage love. If I say the name Phil, the producer, do you know who I'm talking about? I do. There you <laughs> go. So Phil, Phil is now a very high flying exec at D Zone, um, which is the weirdest named uh, business in the world. I think D A Z N N. D Zone apparently, or the Zone. I think I even got it wrong. The Zone. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's flying now. He's um, uh, as as was always going to be the way with Phil all around the world, but. Back in the day, we first met. He was uh, he produced. In fact, he produced the MLB coverage on Five Live that I did. That's how I first met Phil ten years ago. And um, uh, after a, a couple of years of knowing him, I, at the time I was working with ESPN, and I was mainly doing football with them. That's when I took a bit of a break from NFL on Telly because I couldn't do both. I couldn't do ESPN and mm-hmm. NFL on Telly. So that, I started doing it on Five Live, and I was doing a ton with ESPN and. They said, oh, do you want to cover the darts, uh, the BDO darts at Freebie <laughs> Green? So Phil's massive into his darts. So I said, what do you reckon, man? Do you reckon I'd like this? And he goes, mate, you would love it. Uh, <laughs> so I did it. And he was absolutely right. It is, um, it's an experience that I've, I've been uh, fortunate enough to do it three or four times. And it is as brilliantly nuts as you'd imagine <laughs> as you'd imagine it is uh, but yeah so yeah I've covered covered a fair bit of ground over the years that's right I, I, bet, I bet I bet you're gutted you, you don't get to to don the fancy dress out from the green 
Yeah, I've had to be in. I've been thrown into the uh, that quite Partridge-esque gig of being <laughs> thrown into the fans at uh, Grimmy Green to interview them. Um, and uh, uh, there is, you know, you always get nuns, quite a few Mexicans. Um, they're usually quite good value. Um, I quite like the Sesame Street characters as well, particularly any any Oscar the Grouches out there. <laughs> they, they, uh, that's pretty, because it's usually quite a crap Oscar the Grouch as well. It's like, a, you know, not a sort of considered expensive costume, just a badly, badly attempted Oscar the Grouch. That's a, that's my favourite Frimley fancy dress. Yeah, but good times. And the crazy thing about Frimley Green is, um, for listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, this is a, um, a legendary... Uh, sporting venue for darts but the heyday particularly in the 80s right um uh, when darts was uh you know a huge uh terrestrial tv sport mm. and uh the bdo ruled the world before the pdc came along and and lakeside was the venue for it for the world championship still is but was back then and it is uncanny how it is frozen in time yeah. so uh, architecturally it's like it's stuck in 1983. You go into the gym in the in the Lakeside Complex and it is, the machines are from 1983. Nothing <laughs> has changed. But the weirdest thing is backstage at Frimley Green, floor to ceiling on uh, in one room. So on three of the four walls, I think, uh, maybe actually all four of the walls, there are floor to ceiling, those eight by 10 promo shots that... Mm. Uh, the artists back in the day used to use all the time sort of promotional glossy photographs and it's everything from um, random 70s and 80s acts like um, the guy that used to present 21 and uh, Bob Carroll G's and all these Bobby Davro and all these kind of <laughs> random blasts from the past and then Sammy Davis Jr. and you know these incredible legends of entertainment, all of whom have played at Lakeside. So wow. you've got you know Frank Sinatra next to Jim Davidson. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy. Quite weird, just top position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a crazy, yeah, uh, it's a crazy place. But we've spent nine minutes talking about Frim Frimley Green. And the <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we shall move on. But say if you don't, you don't need to delore him anymore. Just walk into Frimley Green and walk into the Lakeside. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like it, it did remind me. I said to it, it's like hot tub time machine. It really is. It's like I've gone to sleep in a hotel and woken up in 1984. It's amazing. <laughs> um, back to back to more, more conventional uh, American American football. We, we yeah, should, we, should, we should go there. Um, yeah, obviously we're, we're synonymous with what we're seeing you on on BBC over recent years and and, and hosting that on, on for the BBC. I just I just wanted to get an insight into kind of how you prepare and what what kind of is given to the uh, given to you in terms of you know the freedom because obviously you have a background in, in writing and stand up as well uh, if I if I remember correctly. Um, so I was yeah, just wondering that... how how much is it is you know you know Jason Garrett style of preparation where you don't need to do anything or Tony Romo's <laughs> Tony Romo CBS uh, levels of preparation. Oh, Team Garrett, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say um, it's a really good question, actually, because I think um, I think it does vary from from presenter to presenter, and I and, and also from show to show for that matter as well. I mean, I uh, have always been big on my own research, which um, I think you know is look, it's horses for courses, right? But I just feel much more comfortable that way. Um, to take the BBC gig first, right? So that that's the example you gave. So that the live London games. The BBC have a brilliant team and they have uh, in that team guys that put together a stat pack and really well researched and thoroughly, uh, thoroughly researched brief on the two teams, the game, key matchups, everything else. So that's always useful. Right. Um, but I wouldn't ever rely on that. There's a running order. And in a game like that, 
it's interesting. NFL is is different, obviously, to so many uh, sports in terms of how you broadcast it, particularly in the UK and particularly on a terrestrial, uh, a commercial free channel like the BBC, because uh, you're coming back in vision all the time, often for short bursts. Sometimes you don't know when, and it's quite a crazy thing to to navigate. So I, as a presenter, like. Uh, to use open talkback, which means that I can hear the truck the whole time. Right. So whether they're talking to me directly or not, some some presenters don't like that, and they have what's called closed talkback, which is when uh, you don't hear them all the time. When they want to talk to you, they press a button and they talk to you. What makes it even crazy with uh, with uh, American football is because the BBC uh, are taking the American feed, so obviously the American commentary, mm. and we're doing mm. the studio, I can hear the PA announcer from the American production as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hearing essentially my director and producer and anyone else in the truck talking to each other. Um, uh, I can hear that. I've got a, a sense of what's going on with the American feed and I'm listening to to Ose and Jason and Mike and whoever else in the studio. Uh, so it can be quite, um, <laughs> it can be quite full of, but you get, you get used to it and you, you tune into it. So with something like the Beeb, you have, um, you have that sense where you can jump back at any time. And again, that's often collaborative. So, you know, and sometimes it's obvious. So if there's been a particularly clear bit of action you want to talk about, you're just going to go to that and you'll be discussing that with your director and producer, um, uh, you know, often because the, the guys have to clip clip it up again, clip up a replay or, you know, Mike will say, oh, I want to do that. You know, often Mike <laughs> will say, hey, I want to do that. And, uh, and so we do that. Um, but sometimes that isn't the case. It's like, they're coming back. Uh, what are we going to do? Uh, so we're so we're on the fly a bit. And obviously, God bless social media in those in those situations. But the top of the show is pretty um, is pretty structured. And actually, so you have a very clear running order. And it's very precise. You've got to hit the timings pretty clearly because you've got to try and get everything in. Mm. And you know that by and large, things should work like clockwork until kickoff. So it is quite um, scientific's overstating it wildly, but it is very uh, disciplined, I guess. Mm -hmm. And in that respect, you've got, I've got a very clear idea of the the questions I want to ask and, and where I want to go. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll always write those myself. Yeah. It doesn't mean that my director might turn around and say, in my ear, why don't you ask this? Why don't you ask that? And sometimes it's a great shout and, and I'll do it. But um, yeah, most of the time I'll, I'll do my own prep. Yeah. So um, yeah, with uh, Sky Sports, I don't think you've, I don't think you've ever graced the Sky Sports, but I just wondered if, ah, if that Sky missing Sky out of yeah. my collection, <laughs> the, the loyalty card, the punch on the loyalty card. Um, yeah, but if you, yeah, if they, if they ever came calling and said, "Oh, Nat, you know, we like we like what you're doing. Do you want to come over and take over from 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 Neil Reynolds? Would you would you go and would you take Mark, Mike, Iron Mike with you? Uh, Iron Mike, uh, that would be, uh, I'm sure, a contractual obligation that I'd, <laughs> I'd have to take Iron Mike. <laughs> come um, as a Sky, the Sky Crew do do a, a, a terrific job, and you know, I think that, um, you know, I think that over the years that there have been really key points of difference on the different broadcasts, and, and that's a good thing, right? You know, so. Mm. The late night stuff that that Mike and I used to do, and obviously Colin before me, who was brilliant, um, uh, and uh, you know, and a number of presenters before Colin, right? But um, I guess you know, me and Mike had a good run on the late night stuff, and uh, and that was it. Was such a terrific gig because we because of the late night vibe and uh, the way the sport was growing, and all of those factors combined, really, Channel Four as well, particularly. Although similarly on Channel Five, you had this sense of uh, you know sense of a gang watching it together mm. not in a cliquey way in fact quite the opposite yeah. in an inclusive way we love the fact that people will be turning on for the first time 
and discovering discovering the sport just like I did. I, mean, I was a kid and turned on Channel Four and thought, "What is this? This is amazing!" And uh, we would be getting getting that all the time with Channel Four. Um, and and social media really enables that as well and enables that awareness where you're getting uh, a real sense of people tuning in for the first time, watching with their mates. I guess because of the late night vibe, you get a lot of students and college mm. age uh, fans turning in as well who were up for it if we would turn around and spend a whole segment talking about the West Wing, you know, <laughs> or, uh, or the Sopranos or, so, you know, yeah, just taking it on any different tangent. So Nat, just to, just to sort of take what you've just said a little bit there about sort of people getting involved in the sport for the first time and things like that. What where do you think that the sport needs sort of development in this country? Uh, maybe on screen and maybe maybe just on field as well. Well, you know, I, I do think that that is um, that is a big loss actually. The late night game on terrestrial, and I've I've said this mm. to Alistair um, Kirkwood and and the NFL UK guys. And look, it's not uh, it's just the way things went down. I mean, the without having too much inside baseball you know the channel four uh the channel four deal um didn't materialize as i think some people thought it might and um and as a result of that i think obviously the rights moved elsewhere and one of the casualties of that was a late night terrestrial home for for the sunday night football game and i think that's Mm. a real shame because i think that really is underestimated in terms of how many new fans it can drive to the sport because I think there's a sense at times of, Oh, the only people that are watching that are the hardcore cause it's on at two in the morning mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely the hardcore are watching. But like I said, I think, it, I think it pulled in a lot of fans. So that's a shame. A terrestrial home for that would be a goodie. Um, but at the same time, I think the range of the range of content now is greater than ever before on the plus side for exposure and, and growth of the sport. You've got chappers and, and J bell and OC and, that is just a brilliant show that absolutely flies and has done a hell of a yeah, lot for of the sure. game. Um, you know, the Beeb show, a lot of love to, to the London games that I'm, you know, I've, I've fortunate enough to landed on my feet when the rights changed again, uh, to do the majority of the anchoring the London games as well so at sky and, and, and the guys, I mean, it's just not just the coverage that Neil and, and the crew do, but you know, also the fact that pro, um, uh, football today's on every uh every day like two hours three hours what is the, what's the sim show is that pro football today is that what's the i watch every day i don't know the name of it the two hour, the two hour debate show they do it's just on every night at the moment and um mm-hmm. uh so there's a lot of you know a lot of exposure there which i think is key for the game i do appreciate there are and you've probably got a lot of listeners that don't have sky uh, that that um for whatever reason and then you've got the radio stuff, the radio coverage you do, pods, your pods. You know, there's so much you can get and 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 immerse yourself in. So that's just got to keep on keeping on, and I think it will. I think we're just going to see more and more uh, access to to content, which is only a good thing. Yeah, for sure. No, I completely agree. Just want to ask one one little thing. Um, obviously, you mentioned Neil a couple of times. Do you know Neil? Do you know him to chat to? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, we go way back. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, I met him just for the Titans Chargers game last year. He seemed a pretty cool guy. I guess you think the same. I really do. He's got a great yeah. sense of humour as well. But he is um he needs to he's unfortunately. A- absolutely sound. Um he's obviously a Miami Dolphins fan, so that uh, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> it. But yeah, no, he's uh, he's Neil Reynolds he's a class act, top bloke. Yeah, you think I think he gets uh, he gets a bad rap from some fans, I think, and uh, we were defending him on the, our podcast last week actually, because I think a lot of people directed their anger about the ticket sales towards him which i thought was a bit unfair i know it's just, i know I've, i noticed that as well it's like he's not it's not him that's making those decisions <laughs> i mean he, yeah I, 
we all get you know there are going to be you know every i guess everyone involved in the game is like like so much of entertainment and broadcasting you're going to have people that like what you do and people that don't i've, I've definitely had my my fair share of criticism <laughs> and you know if that if that's what people think like good luck to them i mean you know i think um i think it is it is difficult and i guess you know, I suppose the nature, as I say, of the of the, the late night shows that we did and the Channel 4 thing and then things like Americanage, which was an independent show, my newish pod at the NFL show, which is, again, an, an independent production, but has, mm-hmm. you know, a, a great cross section of guests on it, but can be an independent voice. I suppose that that does help with with some fans who, um, you know, who, who want to hear that type of discussion uh and i think if, you mm-hmm. know obviously stuff i say on the nfl show is different to what i can say on the bbc mm-hmm. and I, mean, I remember a good example of absolutely that when we had um when we had uh commissioner goodell right so you have this going back to your earlier question about running orders right and how things are structured you have a pretty good idea who's going to come into the studio most of the time because it's pre-arranged and mm-hmm. you know you have the ambassadors for the teams so you got a pretty good idea but sometimes you get a real curveball and one of them was when my producer said to me uh okay now in about two minutes you're gonna have commissioner uh goodell <laughs> okay and this was right around the time <laughs> of the uh of ray rice the footage of ray rice and it was within the sort of month of that happening i think oh wow and um so you're thinking okay I, what am i going to ask him uh and it's not as if we had any heads up oh yeah might the commission i mean i knew he was in the stadium so in the back of my mind i, I figured we might you know but i had at no point that we thought we were going to get him we told we were going to get him hadn't really prepared <laughs> contrary to what i said earlier <laughs> really prepared uh, much for him and you know it, it was going through my head the whole time do i get into that and it wouldn't have been appropriate to do it then it mm. would have just blindsided him it would have been a cheap shot yeah. um and, and and so i chose not to do it and you know some people didn't like that and maybe thought well if this was me on americanage or even arguably me on channel four at two in the morning uh, mm. but you know on my own show certainly it probably would have been different but at five o'clock in the afternoon on primetime BBC, it would have been the wrong thing all round if I'd gone there in the middle of what was a, yeah, absolutely. ultimately a celebration of the NFL in this country. So <laughs> it's um, it's difficult. And I think that at times, you know, Neil has the same conundrum, right? You know, and it's the mm. same situation. And people maybe don't necessarily appreciate the the complexities. And, and I guess, in you know, in, in, to your example, if he's getting criticize about the tickets i mean i understand <laughs> why the fans are frustrated big time i do believe me i get that but it's not neil's fault no, <laughs> it's, no, not, not. Not his, it's not to do with him <laughs> um considering we are well over a lot of time uh now we're just uh we'll fire off some questions for you so we've got some listener questions as well but uh just yeah, start, start off with a couple of myself i just want, i just want to know on your on your website uh, Nat, yeah. com. why why are you holding obviously you're a miami fan why are you holding a hitchhiker sign to soldier field yeah, that was that's a very good sign. Well, obviously going to see the Dolphins beat the Bears, beat down the Bears, they're a patch. Um, it was, and so the, the honest non-showbiz answer to that is it was a photo shoot I originally did for a promotional thing which had, it, the original sign said Rigby Field because I'm a Cubs fan. Right. Um, and I really, I love the shot because I'm basically in, uh, in Camden Market and I'm a Camden boy. And yeah. uh 
I just love the shot. So I got uh, a mate of mine who was brilliant with all that to photo basically Photoshop something that was NFL related. And so he, uh, it made sense to go with Soldier Field. So that is the uh, that's the answer to that. No more, no less. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, uh, that is fair enough. Um, who's, who, who's going to suck next season more, West Ham or Miami? <laughs> oh, definitely Miami. One hundred percent Miami. And, then, so, and on the flip side of that, what, what would you rather have—a Miami Super Bowl or West Ham Premier League win? Oh, that is a toughie. It's um, the ultimate question, isn't it? God, it is. Oh man, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think a West Ham with the West Ham Premier League. I think it's a it is a close call, but I think. Uh, yeah, because of my kids who who do they are in. I got two uh, little boys who uh, understand NFL, but are all about football. So mm-hmm. I think for them, for the for the family and my sister, and yeah, I think we'd go West Ham. But a close second will be and not just if, but when the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Rosen's going to lead you there, right? Rosen is the Josh. Uh, Josh, we trust. Yeah. Love Rosen. <laughs> uh, Lee, have you got a couple of questions there you want to ask? Yeah, so I've got one uh, just from a couple of friends of mine who I play fantasy football with. I'm not into baseball, Matt, Nat, so if this okay. makes any sense at all, I don't know because I'm okay. clueless. Uh, does he think Mike Trout massively undervalued, underplayed his value by signing with the Angels for another 10 years, 12 months before free agency? Well, that's a good question. There's a, there's a really good piece about the trite deal. Uh, the trite deal? The trite. Before you slip. The trout deal. Um, in Sports Illustrated, uh, and I wish I could remember which issue it was, but obviously in the last couple of months, right? So, uh, it, ask your mate to uh, dig that out. I will sign post. Yeah, um, I mean, it is a it, it's an insane contract. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it was a mistake, and I think um, by all accounts, and this is the the point of the article. I mean, it was really smart leverage from from his agent. Uh, but it's an interesting it's an interesting point. Um, uh, no, I think I think you know a bird in the hand is, is my answer. Okay, <laughs> take the deal. Yeah. There was just there was just one more kind of follow up to this, and obviously again I I don't have no idea. He said that you'll love this one though, so maybe you yeah you have to tell us if you do or not. He said also asking what's going on with Kate, Kate Craig Kimbrell. Will anyone pick him up? What's going on with Craig Kimbrell? Yeah, will anyone pick him up? Uh, I'm just wondering why he thinks I love that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm exactly like I said. I'm a bit clueless about baseball, unfortunately. Uh, will anyone pick us? Uh, I, maybe I've missed a. Uh, I have, maybe I've missed a Craig Kimbrell story. I missed a Craig Kimbrell story. <laughs> I mean, Kimbrell. Uh, let's think. I'm just trying to think why he would. I mean, Kimbrell has. Uh, great facial hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's Maybe it's a facial hair thing. Maybe we used to big up. Oh, it could be. I think we used to big up Kimbrel's facial hair back in the day on Carnage. It could be that. Ooh, uh, yeah, but he'll definitely get picked up. Sure. Right. Okay. Unless I've missed, and I've probably completely embarrassed myself by missing some major story this <laughs> in the last 24 hours. But uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, am. Can, I'm not wise either way. <laughs> I, I I would rather watch Scarecrow's play cricket, but we will move on. Um, right, couple what? of <laughs> <laughs> couple couple of listener questions. Uh, but first, yeah. my wife Nat wants to know if you'll have her number. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. What's at me after the, after the, uh, after the session? She she will be she'll be delighted. Um, right, okay. Let, let's rattle through some of these. Uh, Christopher Lawton at CFL Fan UK. Do you watch CFL? Uh, not much, and not for no other reason that I, I, I mean it, I've watched some games, of course, and uh, uh, it's crazy, and I love it. And I, you know, I love the just it's 
it is everything I know, but it's totally different at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to go to, I'd love to go to a live game. It's definitely on my bucket list to do that, but I can't profess to have any knowledge of anything other than, oh, Johnny Manziel's in CFL for a bit. You know, that's kind of <laughs> the extent of my, extent of my knowledge. Yeah. Um, Stephen, Hend- uh, Stephen Hedron, uh, who would win in a fight? Carlson, uh, Mike Carlson or Samantha Quick? Um, uh, oh, definitely Sam, 100%. Carlson, <laughs> Carlson doesn't have any more. Yeah. <laughs> I know Carlson would fight dirty irrespective of who he was fighting. So, I mean, for Carlson, imagine a Bobby Heenan style WWE <laughs> heel. Um, yeah, so he would, um, Carlson would fight dirty. So it would be a classic fight if uh, wrestling fans out there uh, <laughs> where Sam would dominate completely and absolutely deserve to win. And then Carlson would wheel some heel move like you know, wheel out the being from under the bottom of the ring and smack her, <laughs> smack her <laughs> with it and win to the booze and derision of the uh, of the crowd. Right. <laughs> um, who, what about you? You and Carlson in uh, in, a, in an arm wrestle. In an arm wrestle, yeah. oh Carlson will tell you one hundred percent. Oh my god, I'd win with both hands tied behind my back. I mean, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but I, I reckon I, I reckon I'd take the big man to be honest. Um, actually, is Carlson a lefty? Carlson, God, I should I should know this. I've been working for so long. Um, uh, that would be a good. I. That's not a bad idea, actually. Mm. Uh, that's something I'd, I'd, I'd pay. I'd pay for that. Probably might. Probably might. I'd pay that pay per view. Scott Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget Ted Ginn's idea. Let's get stuff. Me, Mike, Neil Reynolds, and Chappers yeah. arm wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we'll, we'll get you on this one. How many gnats could Nat Coombs comb if Nat Coombs could comb gnats? <laughs> Under pressure, under pressure. Hang on, delivered. hang on. I'm just, I'm just working out. 23, 23, 23 is the answer. There you go. Okay. Nat, we're, we, so we're well over the allotted time there, but uh, that's a whistle-stop tour of the life of Nat Coombs. But uh, Nat, real pleasure to have you on. Say, big fan of yours, say, through the years. And uh, yeah, no, they say never meet your heroes, but uh, I've, I've chatted to one today. So uh, really appreciate oh, you. Uh, I'm sorry to... I spent 11 minutes talking about darts. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all right. It? No, it's been a pleasure. And uh, to help, yeah, please, please just let me know what on earth your mate was talking about, Craig Kimbrell. And, uh, yeah, I will. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet you what, whatever he was on about. Hit me up about it. And look, I'll come back next time uh, fully equipped for Kimbrell action. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Kimbrell, Kimbrell, and yeah, I think you've prepared us um, with what you were saying about, you know, dodging uh, abuse on social media from when me and Tim make it big as well. So you've prepared us in that sense. So which is really nice. <laughs> uh, you call the haters. I don't know who you do. Keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, Nap, just before you go, do you want to just tell the, the people out there that who, for some reason don't know what your your current uh, pod, uh, podcast is all about and where they can get you on the social media oh nice yeah okay plug time yeah so it's the nfl show the uh, creatively named nfl <laughs> show um which you can get on all, all podcatchers uh, itunes uh google spotify uh you know the drill quite a good social media gang there as well so at the nfl show pod uh and yeah we are throughout the season three shows a week during the season um we're doing a little bit less consistent at the moment in the off season but uh, we are going to start building up some momentum and it's um a lot of the old gang uh, carlson of course uh, paolo bandini uh, ben isaacs um greg rosenthal greg, yeah. uh, is on every week uh, uh, so a real great cross-section of guests but a lot of surprise uh, faces as well like vernon and oc and all kinds of characters that you know and love from from the world of nfl so it's good fun and like i said earlier it's you know we are an independent group so whilst mm-hmm. you've got a lot of the the broadcasters and writers that you that you like and uh that uh, you know uh, uh, heavyweights um at the same time, we we can be a little bit irreverent and have a little bit of fun with everything. So uh, it's a good good mix, I think. I could, Absolutely, definitely enjoy the show. Re- yeah, I really enjoy the I really enjoy the uh, segment breaker as well. Music's quite snazzy. 
Um, that Harry, the producer of, uh, of Carnage fame, of course, is our producer of this as well. And uh, yeah, he is in charge of the audio. So yeah, he takes full credit, full credit for most of it, to be frank. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Nat, Nat, thank you once again for coming on, my friend, and say we'll, we'll speak soon, and hopefully uh, we can clear up the, the Kimbrell controversy. Yeah, I'm coming yeah. back for more chat. 100%. 100%. Awesome. There you have it. Fantastic. Nat Coombs on the show. Great to chat to him. We'll speak to you guys next week. Don't forget, on Monday, we'll be doing a Mailbag Monday, so get your questions over to us on the Twitter at 410yards or DM me at Tim underscore Monk 85. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll speak soon. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com